go. Welcome back, my friends, to the flicks of the week that never end. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel. And mm. there he is. There he is. There you are. Mike Sutherland. Hello. Hello. In the words of Mr. Uh, Joey, is it Tribbiani? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Tribbiani. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> All right. So um, what are we going to do this week? It's the flicks of the week. I know. I'm just talking about it. Uh, I'm going to, as quickly <coughs> as possible, talk about all four seasons of Black Mirror, which shouldn't take long because there's not a whole lot of episodes, um, it, which is on uh, Netflix. So I'll talk about that. What are you going to talk about? Bruce Lee's Fist of Fury. Oh, I have that on DVD. All yes. Right. I watched it a couple nights ago. Is that the one where half of it's not him? Like they have uh, stunt doubles and... No, no. This is, um, and, and I may be wrong That's about this. That's Game of this. Death. It's Game of Death. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but, the, uh, but Fist of Fury, the Americanized version of Fist of Fury is not Fist of Fury. It was originally called The Chinese Connection. Yeah. But what happens when they shipped out the, uh, the film yeah. to the movie theaters, they swapped the labels. <laughs> so the Chinese Connection they was- They swapped labels. The Chinese Connection became Fist of Fury, and Fist of Fury became Chinese Connection. Yeah. Well, what happened is is that somebody kind of figured it out long after. Yeah. And it was too late. Bruce Lee was like really pissed off about it. <laughs> and, and it Stupid used to play Americans. it used to play as a as a double feature. Yeah. Um so if you if if you ever went to a cinema and you saw Bruce Lee's Fist of Fury and Chinese Connection. Yeah. Or Chinese Connection and Fist of Fury is what it would <laughs> would be is the reason why they're doing it is because technically the they <laughs> fucked up on the film That's so funny. It was, you have to watch them both. This is stupid, American. Stupid. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. So after hearing from a few people and also, uh, I don't know, reading here, this pop-ups here and there on social media and, and you know, uh, entertainment sites and stuff, I kept seeing things about Black Mirror. And so I said, fuck it. Finally, I'll check it out, right? So Black Mirror, uh, first two seasons, which had three episodes each and... The second season had a uh, Christmas special, so technically four episodes. Um, the Netflix bought it from Channel 4, BBC UK, whatever. You um, fucked up. <laughs> and then Netflix bought the rights. Stop talking. What? You fucked up. What? How do we normally do this? Oh, God damn it. You're right. Uh, you know why? It's because you didn't have the thing up. Yes, I, I did. I'm blaming. I'm going to blame you. No, I have it right there. I know, but I see that. Yeah, shut up. Okay. So, um, so, I present you. <laughs> All right. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Featuring standalone dramas, sharp, suspenseful, satirical tales that explore techno paranoia, Black Mirror is a contemporary reworking of the Twilight Zone with stories that tap into the collective unease about the modern world. Each story features its own cast of unique characters, including stars like Bryce Dallas Howard, Alice Eve, Gugu Mbata Ra. <laughs> Tom Cullen and Jerome Flynn. Gugu Mabatha Ra. Joe Wright, Dan Trachtenberg, and James Watkins are among the featured directors. She was in uh, one of the movies we just saw, too. I Yeah, I think she played um, the daughter, uh, or the sister, Black Panther's sister. Yeah. No, yeah. that's not her. That's her. That's not Black Panther's sister. She might have been in Black Panther, but that's not. Is she the girl in Wrinkle in Time? She's the girl in Wrinkle in Time. She's the, the young girl, I think. She was, but she was just in something we we saw too, or you saw. Um, <laughs> she's in. She's in. Tell the truth. The Clover- Cloverfield paradox. Okay. that was it. All right. See. Yeah. 
I knew it was something. Elephant mind. Flick of the week. <laughs> that was a previous flick of the week. All right. Elephant brain. So anyway, um, I give you Black Mirror. Sometimes you're a bitch. I didn't mean that. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. Also, sometimes. This cognitive behavioral thing and realigns your thinking to pick healthy food and whispers you into it while you sleep. Well, there's Black Mirror. All right, so that's the that trailer was for the first season, which is three episodes. So, um, this is a very good show. It it, it is very intriguing. Um, the the way that it, it every episode has something to do with technology, and as, uh, most of it is also uh, well. Hell, I think every episode has some kind of future technology in it where it like you know we're already close enough to it where it's it's possible like we can actually see that this could we could really probably do this you know in the next 50 to 100 years or something right mm-hmm. um and so yeah it is definitely about techno paranoia and stuff like that but done in the vein of like twilight zone it's um it's like cautionary tales in a way you know like like don't let certain things run away with themselves you know cuz look what'll happen we'll lose certain freedoms or things like that and um oh man there's just to give you an example, there's like one episode where it's with Toby Kebble where um, everyone has this little thing hooked up into their neck where it um, it's like a hard drive and it 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 absorbs every single thing that you see your entire life and you have this little little doohickey that you carry with you and you can access any memory at any time and go through it. So like. And, and people constantly use this in this episode where they're running back on conversations and stuff like that. And um, did you do this? Did you do that? Um, you know, and Toby Kebbell's character, for example, he starts getting paranoid about his wife cheating on him. So he starts running back things that she says and reactions that she has and things like that. Because, you know, like, say, when you see something, sometimes later on your thoughts on it might be different than actually how you, per- you perceived it at first. 
So when you run it back, you get the actual visual proof, right? And so it just leads down this, this, this slope where he's just, he becomes paranoid as shit and he starts like just freaking out about his wife. And, and then what ended up inadvertently happening is when he finds out about what she's done, he can't let it go. So she has this thing where the, the part of this technology is you can block people out completely. Like you can just completely shade them, like, like erase all their memories, all your memories of them. And anytime anything of theirs shows up, there's nothing. It, so it's fascinating. And, um, but yeah, dude, this, this show is, I mean, there's been a few episodes where I could predict where, you know, what the twist was going to be. Cause almost every episode has some kind of major twist and a lot of, but there are, and it's like I said, some of them I can predict, but all in all there are, Oh my God, there's like at least three or four episodes out of the 19 total episodes of the series where at, by the end I'm like, what? the fuck like it just like damn like because it'll be like this whole misdirection the whole episode will be misdirection and you get to the end and it makes you completely think back on the entire episode that you looked at it from the wrong perspective and they, they fuck with you, you know they kind of fucked with you so real quick i'll go over the episodes that stand out the most for me um the one i did not like was called the waldo experiment that one was about using a cartoon character to get involved with political discussions and stuff like that. And it, it, people started rooting more for the, the cartoon character than they were rooting for the actual politicos. You know what I mean? And it, it, it just, it, it, it was an unsavory episode. All the characters were unsavory. It was just, I didn't care for it. Um, but other than that, um, there was one called, uh, hang the DJ, which is like a, a very romantic <laughs> episode. Like most of the episodes have a dark ending. How ironic. Right, but the, but <laughs> fucking are you are you fucking with me? No, like you want like like I'm I'm speaking so shittily that you, you want to hang the DJ. No, hang the DJ. <laughs> we were just talking about a DJ. I know that's been you know you know hanged virtually in in cyberspace. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, um, hang the DJ without trying to give away too much. It the whole thing like boils down to just like what could happen in the internals of a dating site. Like if like it was actual people that were living through all of the algorithms of a dating site, trying to figure out who's the best matches. Right. And I, like I said, I don't want to go any further than that because that episode actually has a happy ending and it, it's good. Um, but other than that, <laughs> all the other episodes, happy like, ending on like a dating site. Every other episode's fucking dark, man. There's like white, um, um, one called White Bear, where it's like this girl's just she wakes up and she's being followed by people with their camera phones and they won't speak to her. And there's people trying to kill her that are wearing masks. And it makes you think this whole thing, And by the time you get to the last five minutes of the episode, it completely changes your mind on, on what happened. Like, oh, shit. And then it shows, yeah, it, it, anyway, it's, just, it's freaky shit, right? Sure. There's an episode called Metalhead, which is set in a, an, in a, a dystopian type future where um, almost all the humans are dead. And the whole episode's done in black and white, which looks really cool. And they're these three characters who are trying to get food and, and medicine. They're getting stalked by a robotic security dog. And the technology with it, it looks like, you know, when you watch the videos of them testing those robots that can walk and, and, and when you knock them over, they can get back up and stuff. They look like that. So, and this, this robot's just stalking them. And it's, it's really well done. It's really creepy and cool. Uh, there's an episode called Archangel, which was directed by Jodie Foster, where... Uh, this daughter, she um, tries this. Exp- I'm sorry. This what this this mother, single mother. She she does this experimental thing, test procedure on her daughter, 
which is it's a security thing, almost like a V chip. But instead is she can find out what's going on with her daughter at any time with this tablet she has, where she can see her daughter's health, you know, ta- um, you know, her pH levels, her heart rate. She can see through her daughter's eyes if she needs to. Um, she can also track her at all times. Well, when her daughter got to a certain age, because her daughter was protected the whole time. Also, if there's anything dangerous in front of her eyes, and this this bleeds into other episodes, the technology where you can actually like black out whatever it is that might be dangerous to their eyes. So like if a dog is barking at her, they can shade it out. So when she's looking at it, all she sees is like a, um, uh, you know, you know the salt and pepper fight on the TV screen. You know the the no signal thing. Mm-hmm. That it looks like that, so she can't see the danger, right? Oh. And so th- there's things like that. Well, anyway, the mother ends up cutting it off after a certain time, but then the daughter gets older and she starts experimenting with things, right? And being gone longer than she is, and she gets caught in lies. So the mom gets like worried, and she looks it up again. This technology, and she starts following her daughter, and it ends up going down this road where it ends up being bad for everybody because. She didn't give her daughter her her own privacy, you know, kind of thing, right? Um, there's um, an episode uh, called San Junipero, 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 which is the won an Emmy for a best dramatic episode um, because it's about people that are dying. That um, before they're dying, they, they 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 can to ease their suffering, they can go into this virtual world, kind of like uh, Ready Player One. But um, but they're all they all can be whatever they want to look like in anything, and then they can interact and feel and experience life while they're dying. But they also, if they want, they can choose to stay there forever in this this gigantic server farm and be part of this for the rest of their ex- existence, um, or they can just die. It's up to them. And it's it's a romantic tale about two women that meet each other, and it's done really freaking well. And by the end of the episode, you're happy. It, it leaves you feeling like oh, so. It's really good. Good episode. Um, let's see. White Christmas with John Hamm. Really cool episode um, where these two guys wake up in this cabin in the middle of nowhere in the snow, and you don't know why they're there, and John Hamm's asking all these weird questions, and, and the other guy, I think he's played by... I can't even remember what the guy's name is. I think he was in The Ritual, though, the, one, the movie that I just did a flick of the week for. And he's asking all these weird questions. The guy doesn't know what's going on. It starts doing all these flashbacks, and and... It, the episode just throws you for a loop. It's just the, that episode's full of twists. But I did predict the main thing with the, with that one. Just but all the other things leading up to it threw me off big time with all the twists. Um, not really use, Not really helpful to say that you predicted the main thing when you're not telling us anything about the story. <laughs> it's well, not a big deal. Don't, you don't need to. Yeah, yeah. I would just the, the the guy who's being you know the one who can't remember anything that's being asked questions by John Hamm while they're in this cabin and they're just bullshitting. Um, he has these flashbacks of when he was in a relationship with this girl, and then all of a sudden she she left him, and he didn't know why. And all of a sudden she blocked him. She blocked him, just like how remember I said in the other episode where you could like block things that are dangerous to your eyes. Once you get blocked, every memory you have of that person gets. So if you try to do a recall on it, it all you see is that 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 fucking distortion haze. You can't even see a memory of them anymore. Um, you can't, um, if they're in public, all that you see is that fucking haze. Um, if they show up on the TV, same thing. And only until they die does it go away. So this guy starts, you know, having flashbacks of his wife and he can't remember shit. And 
it slowly starts to come, all these pieces start to come together, and by the end of it, there's this huge twist, but that's not the, that's that's one of the twists, but I'm talking about the twist with John Hamm's character. I predicted that shit from the get-go, because they kind of explain it throughout the episode of, like, what his job may or may not be. So, uh, anyway, though, there, um, God, I, there's another episode called, uh, well, I, you, know, I, that, you know what, that's enough episode, fuck it. Check out Black Mirror, because... Like I said, besides the Waldo experiment episode, every single one of them has something special to offer, and they're very entertaining in their own way. And the, the paranoia shit is is pretty freaking good at times. It it's really good. Oh, there's one episode that reminded me of my life as a Lyft driver, where there's one with um, Bryce Dallas Howard, where in this society everyone has their phones right, and but every time you interact with any other human being, you have to rate them every single time. Yes, you were talking about this one. Yeah, and. It shows like all the has and the haves and the have nots and and like how you know credit lines and all this shit are based on what your rating is, and it just reminded me straight up of, of Lyft driving because that's what happens. You know, you always got to get fives. If you don't get fucking fives, then there's a problem. What's the problem? What's wrong? <laughs> so technically, with Lyft, it should have a five or a fucking one. That's it. There shouldn't be a five one one through five because no one you know. Hmm. So anyway, um, but that one it's a good it's a good social commentary on the way that we we value ourselves based on on social media and and people's opinions of us and and how the you know the validation and shit right because as I was watching this episode I was like dude this is what one of the reasons why I I'm not on social media very much anymore is because I feel the same goddamn way I don't need this fake validation shit anymore I'm I'm done with it now, now I'm talking about advertising the podcast or anything. I'm talking about just no you're pretty much done with it because you don't advertise the fucking podcast at all but I'm talking about the personal shit. You know what I mean? That this, so, all right. So that's all I got. Black Mirror. I highly recommend this shit. It's got like a ninety-six percent approval rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, oh yeah, watch that shit. Hmm. Fist of Fury is a nineteen seventy-two Hong Kong martial arts film directed by Liu Wei, starring Bruce Lee in his second major role after The Big Boss. Lee plays Shenzhen, a student of Huao Yun, Wan Jia who fights to defend the honor of the Chinese in the face of foreign aggression and to bring justice to bring to justice those responsible for his master's death. Oh, well, there, there's the song. Unstoppable. Unbeatable. Unbelievable. Lee, the master of karate, kung fu, delivering the Chinese connection. Bruce Lee, the oriental superstar who exploded across the screens of America in the phenomenally successful Fists of Fury, is back to defend the honor of his nation and the love of his woman. Using his furious fists and superhuman strength, he breaks them up, smashes them down, and kicks them apart. Thank <laughs> you. 
Bruce Lee, the karate kung fu king, delivers the death blow of the Chinese connection. I, I, I honestly believe that that girl was not into that at all. When he was leaning in to kiss her, she looked like, she was like, what are you doing? Um, I, I don't, it's, it was, it's a weird love scene because there is not really a love scene. Yeah. But she's supposed to be his fiance, you know? And I, I think that they're just trying to do a traditional thing where, you know, it's not really intimate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're they're from the same karate school. Uh, okay, so anyways, in in the in the trailer, you were hearing them talk about how this is called the Chinese Connection. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. So, uh, Fist of Fury was accidentally released in the U.S. under the title The Chinese Connection. Uh, the title was a means of tapping the popularity of the French Connection, which starred Gene Hackman, and that was released in the U.S. in 1971. Um, I'm sorry, this movie was released in the U.S., The the Fist of Fury. Uh, the title was intended to be used for the U.S. release of another Bruce Lee film, The Big Boss, and this is what I was talking about earlier, um, which also invo- involved drug smuggling. However, the U.S. titles for Fist of Fury and Big Boss were accidentally switched, resulting in Fist of Fury being released in the U.S. under the title The Chinese Connection until 2005, while The Big Boss was released as Fist of Fury. And not Fist of Fury. How do you Fists fuck that up? Of Fury. Uh, I don't know. Uh, recent television screenings and current official DVD releases by 20th Century Fox in the U.S. have restored the original titles of all the films starring Bruce Lee. Fist of Fury is now officially known as Fist of Fury in the U.S. I, it, it actually should be. Chinese Connection is now officially known as Fist of Fury. The current DVD version also has a subtitle that says, a.k.a. The Chinese Connection, when the Fists of Fury title appears on the screen, as the source material is the Fortune Star Digital Remasters. Anyways. <coughs> um, I think it's just, uh, what if it was just the, the one here gave a shit, that, that unpackaged it, and they're like, eh, it's all Chinese. Yeah, I, I pretty much, pretty much that's how it is. In the early 20th century, Shanghai, uh, Chen Zhen returns to the Jingwu school to marry his fiancée. However, tragic news awaits him. His master has died from an illness. Uh, Chen is deeply saddened and traumatized by the sudden demise of his teacher during the funeral. People from a J- Japanese dojo in Hongku district arrive to taunt the Jingwu students. And that's basically where this whole thing comes about. So the Japanese come in, and they're very aggressive towards the Chinese. No Chinese allowed in their gardens, none this and that and the other thing, right? In fact, they, there's a sign that says, uh, no dogs or Chinese allowed. And that was actually a normal thing back um, in the early 20th century because the Chinese were looked down upon as less than human. So anyways, um, the, as the Japanese come into the dojo, this the Chinese dojo, um, what happens is the um, they they attack each other basically, and well, I'm sorry, they don't attack each other. They come in and they start taunting, mm-hmm. and then Bruce Lee, they're like, ah, who's who's man enough to fight us, you know? And and the Chinese are just kind of being subdued, and they're like, we're not going to fight you. Get the hell out of our dojo, though, because you know this is this is not right. You're treating us like shit. And Bruce Lee steps forward to fight them, and and the master, who the, the new master of the dojo, is like, no, yeah, don't fight him. And and the guy that's making all these these broad 
assumptions that these Chinese people are just a bunch of fucking pussies. You know, you're all a bunch of wussies. You're all just chicken shit, right? Yeah. Is basically like a businessman. He's a, he's all dressed up in a business suit. It's like, you don't understand the power of the Japanese, and we'll kick your ass. We'll beat anybody up, right? Yeah. And he starts slapping Bruce Lee around, right? So they go away. Bruce Lee goes away. And then, like, in the next scene, he walks into the Japanese dojo and fucking knocks everybody out. Like, kicks that. And that was one of the scenes that we saw in. In yeah. in the trailer, so he beats the shit out of everybody, uh-huh. and as he's walking out, he like he he knocks he knocks the guards around and this and that and the other thing, and then he sees that this piece of shit like he's an accountant is what he is, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's what he he really that's really what he is. He's a businessman. Use my back, victim. And then he <laughs> he he walks over to him and and this accountant dude that had been. Uh, taunting them, yeah. thinking he's a badass, just gets his ass kicked all over the place. Of course. It's really funny. So, and it just kind of goes on. And then as I'm watching the movie, you know, it, it, it occurs to me how many video games were influenced just by, in, in the 80s. Yeah. In, by by this, and um, there's a couple of others. And I think Game of Death is one of them. Oh, because yeah. He had to go the through levels. the, yeah, the levels. When Game of Death is a Karate Champ, or Karateka. Mm. And then this one is Karate Champ. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and, um, among a bunch of others, possibly Street Fighter. Yeah, Street Fighter. Any anything that had karate in it, Mortal yeah. Kombat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, if you watch this movie, I mean, there's some just silly ass shit in this movie. Yeah, but there's some really great fight scenes. Like, there's one fight scene, like at the end, and you saw this in the trailer as well, which was when Bruce Lee kicks this dude in the neck, and he goes flying out into the yeah in, into the middle of. This scene is this this entire movie Fist of Fury was parodied by Kentucky Fried Movie. Okay. So this whole thing was parodied by Kentucky Fried Movie yeah. and done in such a way that it was so goddamn funny that everybody like the I'm sorry, the final fight scene in this in in Fist of Fury was parodied by Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. But the the I can't remember the name of the uh the short in Kentucky Fried Movie, but anyways, it, it's 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 just like a bunch of Bruce Lee movies thrown together. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> there's a there's a part in this movie where Bruce Lee has to fight an American. Turns out the American is actually a friend of his. Excuse me. Um, his name is Robert Baker. Uh, Robert Baker was a student and friend of Bruce Lee's and was recommended for the role by Lee. His voice was dubbed in Cantonese and Mandarin versions by Bruce Lee himself. Yeah. So that was actually pretty cool. Uh, Jackie Chan's in this movie as well. Huh. He plays a Jing Wu student um, as a special appearance. So, not, not uh, all in all, not bad. I used to love watching these movies. Yeah. This one and Chinese Connection, or I'm sorry. Well, yeah, let's just call it you know the Chinese Connection and Fist of Fury. Yeah. So I used to watch the double feature, the Big Boss and Fist of Fury is what they originally were supposed to be. Yeah. Now the Big Boss was it, um, released as the Chinese Connection, and the reason why I loved watching that is because it showed titties. <laughs> and so when you're young yeah. and it shows oh, boobies it's fascinating oh my god oh yeah and you're not so oh that's taboo no titties right oh man yeah so when when we went to the theater to watch the movie they're like this is not rated movie like yeah titties okay <laughs> and they would let us in and then you know we would have to get like our parents to come up with us to the box office yeah and then like you're allowing your kid to see this yep this movie has really naughty language yeah you're not allowed to see this movie so <laughs> You're not allowed to see this movie. Anyways, um, if you're a fan of Bruce Lee, I highly recommend it. 
Uh, even if you're not a fan of Bruce Lee, you just like the action and the yeah. Chinese in these these Chinese movies. This is this is really cool film history. These Chinese movies, not just with Bruce Lee, but Jackie Chan and uh, Jet Li mm-hmm. and um, you know John Woo. Uh, Chow Yun Fat, Chow things like that. Yeah. Uh, all these guys that that started off doing, you know, Chinese movies and whatnot, and then moving over to America, um, their their Ameri- their their Chinese movies are much better. Yeah. Um, once you get to America, it becomes a watered down <laughs> version of what their movies yeah. were really about, and that's unfortunate because, again, there's little risk involved with. American movies as opposed to foreign films. Well, my own personal like arrogance is like, oh, well, hey, the, the you know the 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 Chinese version of this movie is you know it's a, it's good, but it's missing something that American movie would do better for it, right? So then, like they come over, it comes over here and they do their version of it, and they there is no difference. What never, do you mean? I, I said American arrogance. I said that right from the get go. No, but what do you mean they come over here and do their version of it? Well, like say if you do like the ring over here or the grudge version of Oh, here, right, okay. Right? So you you're talking about, right? Okay. Right. Or even when you have these guys, you bring these these action stars over here and either in movies over here and they might even be a slight remake of what they've already done in China. And you think I my my American arrogance is like, well, now they're over here in America, so you're going to bring all that skill of fighting and now you're going to have better script writing and it's going to be a better overall movie, so now it's going to be awesome, right? And then it's not. Instead, you get you get um, fucking broken arrow, <laughs> or, or or you know, face off. Yeah, I hate to say it, but face off. Yeah, you know, even though it's got its moments, it's still. Yep. Or um, or Mission Impossible Part Two. Yeah. You know, I I'm sorry, but that's the weakest out of the whole fucking series. So um, oh, real quick because you brought up Kung Fu, it reminded me of something. So <laughs> the other night, I'm. F- I'm fucking super stoned before I'm about to go to bed. And my daughter puts on Kung Fu Panda. She's like, I want to watch Kung Fu Panda. All right. So we're watching it. So before I go to sleep, we're watching it. And I'm I'm admiring all of the all of the animation. I'm like, even though this movie's ten years old, there's a lot of the a lot of the animation still looks really fucking good. A lot of it looks like fucking art. Like moving art. Like when you watch the Clone Wars, right? It almost looks like a painting that's coming to life. And the scene comes up where Tai Lung is escaping from the prison, you know, that's full of rhinos and everything, and rhino guards, and he's voiced by Ian McShane. And Tai Lung is really cool because his main color is purple, and I love, I fucking love purple, right? So okay. <laughs> I would wear purple if I wasn't fat, but I'd, I look like Grimace. I don't want to look like fucking Grimace from McDonald's. So um, anyway, that's my, that's my dream. I, by the way, if I when I lose all the weight, I'm fucking wearing purple, dude. You'd you be ready for that shit. I don't care. <laughs> so anyway, I'm watching Tai Lung's escape from this prison with my fucking mouth agape, just like I'm in complete awe of this scene. Like I always, I've always appreciated this scene. It's like my favorite part of the entire movie already. But when I was fucking stoned out of my mind and I'm watching it. It was probably the most epic thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Even more epic than the ending of Return of the King the first time I saw it. It it was fucking I just I, I, I was so in awe of it that I had to pause it near the end of the scene and I look over at Cora and I go I go, Is it just cause is it just me or is that is this scene fucking amazing? And she goes, No, it is, it is, it is amazing. I'm like, Okay, good. <laughs> Just then finish the scene, man. I, 
Oh my god! But that that scene is 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 fucking amazing. I, I go watch Kung Fu Panda just to see Tai Lung escape again, and just watch all of the detail that's put into him busting out of there. Awesome. Overlooked, I think, an overlooked scene. So, anyway, that's all I got. Okay. All right, and that's a completely sober Joe Spiegel saying that too, as well. So for flicks of the week, you know who I am. Mm-hmm. Goddamn right you do. So that's yeah. all we got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm.